you protect what you love. Hunting is a life, not a lifestyle, it's a life. This is Hunters to show people how great of a job we're doing for conservation, providing for ourselves all the things you and I understand. I think you kind of owe it to the animal that you're hunting to be as prepared as possible. You know, as I get older, I appreciate the laughs and the time and the experience. He's on a horse, choking his trail camera. He's what? He's got a horse looking at him, checking his trail camera. I mean... <laughs> Did he walk up to the trail camera with the horse? I don't know. If you look at it, think about it this no, way. No, he said, I think it's safe to say not everyone checks their trail cameras the way I do. I mean, if you think about it this way. It's a good idea. The guy is not leaving any human odor until right till he gets to the camera. True. It's not the worst That's idea. This is a funny picture of the horse is like looking at the camera. <laughs> What's is he running a proof? Uh yeah, he is. Huh. Yep. Uh, let me see. Lewis Backless. Is that how you say his name? Hang on. I don't know. Cross over the river outdoors. Interesting. <laughs> I mean it's not it's not, <laughs> not a, a it's not a bad idea. This is the funny picture. <laughs> <laughs> um so before we get started, uh we should probably talk about the YouTube channel. And uh, are we still uploading videos every day? Mm, I don't know about every day, but pretty pretty regular. Multiple times a week. Yeah. So um, I know all the time, all the time, we get questions mainly on Instagram and Facebook asking about um, deer hunting tactics, uh, obviously this time of year. But if you haven't checked out the Primo's Hunting YouTube channel, you absolutely should just go to YouTube, pull it up on your computer while you're at work and your boss is away, or pull it up on your smartphone when yeah. you're sitting in a, a college classroom or it's accessible wherever. from wherever it's as long as you have internet. Right, just get on there, we'll, type in. Will uh, not work without internet. Will not work without internet. Yeah, that's the same with a lot of stuff. You won't be able to listen to this podcast if you don't have internet. Well, you can if you download it first. That's incorrect. Um, so go to YouTube, search uh, Primos Hunting. It'll be the first channel to pop up, and that has not. Say, if you want to send in questions, by all means, send in questions because we tackle them on here. Uh, we'll message you back. We have like a hundred percent response rate on uh, stuff that gets sent in, so you can send in whatever. But sometimes uh, a lot of those questions that get asked, we've already made videos about them on YouTube. So go to that page, go to the playlist. There's uh, there's deer hunting instructionals. There's call elk. demos. Elk whitetail waterfowl everything I mean, yeah. predator turkeys it's all there um there's all like so there's past seasons of primo's truth about hunting um primo's classics we talked about that before is it primo's originals, originals. that's it so Get it right son. for <laughs> so for literally this is the question we i mean how many i don't know how many times we get this question but multiple times probably a week all the time hey when are y'all going to take you know the old hunts from back in like the vhs times and put them where you can watch them on the internet. Well, that's what they're doing. Yeah, it just right takes now. time because all that stuff still on videotapes, like one, VHS stuff. One came out this morning. I'm gonna pull it up on yeah. my phone right now while we're talking. Well, all those things are on VHS, so we have to put them in our system and yeah. digitize them, then cut them up and edit them again to fit the YouTube format. So it takes a little time, but we're getting there. Eventually, everything will be up on there from the old days. Yeah. So this was uploaded uploaded this morning. Primo's originals will cause up a giant from the Truth Five. This goes all the way back to the Truth Five yeah, about some, Big Bucks. Yeah, there's some old stuff on there. 
Yikes. So, um, yeah, people are eating those up. So go to the Primo's YouTube channel. Uh, had to talk about that before we got into the shows. You can also <laughs> – you can comment, apparently. You can leave any kind of comments on YouTube videos. Yeah. Um, we got one. <laughs> there was one, I think it was last week. They got talking about you. Someone named uh, Dark Sauce commented, "Who names their child Lake Pickle?" I, I wonder the same thing. June Pickle, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, ask Bobby or June. Uh, so what are we gonna talk about? Uh, questions. I know that's what we're gonna talk about. Probably last week we talked about archery stuff. Well, uh, let's talk about last week. Start with okay. We can do that. How our deer hunts went. You were behind the, the bow for once, early season. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was uh, Troy and I hunted last week. Uh, that was uh, the week of, I don't know, last, this is October 21st. It was the week of the 15th, 15th, 16th, yeah. somewhere around there. Um, and it was polar opposite between that first hunt we tried to do at yeah. like the beginning of the season. It wasn't much opposite for me and Troy. but <laughs> uh, It was opposite as far as weather. Yeah, true. It was really nice weather. I mean, you couldn't ask for it. was, what, 50s in the lows and 70s yeah, for highs. It was, it was comfortable. You know I mean? The, the the first week we were here, we were dripping sweat. This one, I mean, I wore I wore a light jacket the, the afternoons we were hunting. Yeah. It was, but tell about your hunt, man. Y'all got into them. We did. The uh, so, yeah, it, it's very, like, so we hunt. Everyone knows. I mean, the place we have cotton mouth that we call it is right on the Mississippi River. We're inside the levee. So, water fluctuating water levels fluctuating is something that we deal with often however we rarely have to deal yeah. with it in october i mean i i've been talking to people who's been hunting the river their whole life and they've never seen it in the 30s in october yeah. what is it right now like 34 it's at 34 right now yeah. in vicksburg going to 35 at the end of the week yeah and that's you know so if if you don't hunt on the river hunt inside the levee if so what we're we're talking about you know when the river gets to that level that some of our ground, some of our, you know, land at Cottonmouth is under. Yeah, we've got probably seven or 800 acres underwater right now. Right. And that's, you know, we see that a bunch, you know, kind of in December and January you'll see yeah. that. But it's it's odd for it to be happening this time mm -hmm. of year. If it uh, comes up another foot, we're going to lose access. We're going to have to start boating in on Mississippi stuff. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, so it's, it's weird, you know, because you're – I've seen this happen before in the times that I've hunted here, but just seeing them do it at this point in the season, it's strange to me. So uh, what George was talking about where I hunted uh, last week was at a point, I was in uh, the Louisiana portion of Cottonmouth, and I was basically on, it kind of like, it was, it was a ridge, it was a high point that led to a big cut bean field. Um, and when I say a ridge, it's not like a, I mean, it's a ridge. That's the biggest ridge on this place, probably, because right. it rises five feet. Yeah, but it's not like a you know like a ridge in the Midwest when you know someone says a ridge, it's like you know yeah. a real you know a, a ridge that you can shoot from with a bow from one side of it to the other. Yeah, this thing. Thinking about a thirty or forty foot elevation change, right? A couple hundred yards. We're and talking about five feet elevation change, right? In a and, mile. and wider. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like mm -hmm. this this ridge scales. I mean, it's probably a hundred yards wide, maybe mm, more than more that, than that. Probably. Um, but so, you know, so there, and it's real thick right there on top of it. And obviously the, it has water on both sides. So the deer kind of pushed up into that right there. Um, and luckily it's real thick on that ridge. So there's, there's plenty of bedding and there was a fresh cut bean field. And the first evening I hunted on, um, the South edge of it. Mm -hmm. And I saw, I was trying, I was hoping to catch the deer 
coming and staging because I there was a I was hunting over a, a couple persimmon trees and a honey locust tree, hoping to catch them coming through there, kind of milling around before they went out to the beans. That is not what happened. Yeah. But it's surprising. also surprising, yes. But it's also the point of why you you know that's part of hunting. You don't. I mean, you have to put it together. Very rarely do you you know just walk in and slam dunk it on the first try. Uh, the deer came out behind me into the beans, and again, we saw. 30 to 40 deer yeah that was crazy when i came back to we came back to the shop or the skin shed and y'all said man we saw 35 huh yeah me and troy sat in one of the best spots on the place in arkansas and saw a buttonhead yeah it's it's uh, and that's why i told you i said dude i felt like it was january yeah because i'm used to that in january you know the water be a little bit up it's really cold they're trying to put you know they're trying to you know eat calories put some weight on uh but this is october but and these deer, deer are just filing out into this bean field and you know anyone that knows me 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 and you are pretty much the same same on this i i like old different deer yeah and there was a six point don't get real concerned about inches no i mean i'll take it if it comes up yeah but but i you know there's i just got a soft spot for you know different kind of deer and there was a six point that came out that was, I mean, he was a magnum for a six point. Yeah. And I just, you know, I was like, woo, you know, and that, him and four other shooters came out. There was, or three, there was an, a him, a nine point, and two eight points. And then there was a younger 10 point, And then, you know, a wad of those. It was just crazy. They're all out in the uh, bean field just milling around. And, um, and, I mean, normally deer down here, once they cut the beans, they're done with the beans for yeah. a while. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's strange. Yeah. But it's, it's got to be the water i would think yeah they're just trying to grain up yeah get grain in their bellies and uh you know it, it uh we sat there and watched and they were luckily they were feeding down the field and so we had to sit in the stand a little longer than usual because well, i was trying to let them get far enough past me that i could sneak out and walk back to the ev without spooking them and the next day we went in there and luckily we, all the deer we saw pretty much came out of the same set of trails or same point in the tree line. So the next day we went in there, pulled that stand and moved it and thought we were in just, you know, the perfect spot and uh, went there, hunted again that afternoon. And uh, it was a little bit warmer. So I even, I made the comment, I said, they might move a little bit later today because it's just a touch warmer yeah. and it's sunny out. It was overcast the day before. And uh, it was probably about five, 5.30, 5.45, somewhere in there and um the we heard you know i could hear something coming look over and i can see a deer don't know what it is i just see a deer but then i realize it's a doe and uh i think i and tell me you tell me your opinion on this i've seen in in the instances where i've seen deer in high water high water atmospheres they seem to be a lot more on edge yeah you know Rather, you know, usually deer in the early season, that's when they're at their calmest because they haven't been dealt with as much mm -hmm. human pressure. But they like this doe, it was like four does and a couple small ones. This doe, before she even made it to the field, she was on pins and needles. She was like blowing. And, not, and she wasn't downwind of it. She was just blowing at something. I don't yeah. know what she I think it's got a lot to do with them not being where they want to be. They're yeah. out of their comfort zone, you know. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, because if they're, you know, if – I'm thinking about if it, I mean maybe if a deer ranges in a certain space and they're in a spot that they don't know as well. Yeah. They just may be yeah. a little bit more uncomfortable. Just thinking about it from a human standpoint, if I get my house gets flooded and I have to go to an evacuee shelter, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be as comfortable as I would at my house. Makes sense. Yeah. Um but yeah, so they came out 
and they were standing there. They got to the edge of the field. They were standing there, and, you know, me, I was, like, already contemplating. I was like, should I shoot one of these does or should I, yeah. <laughs> you know, should I wait for one of these bucks and then find – well, then they started acting just crazy, you know, just kind of standing around stomping and – um, I made a bad move in the tree apparently, or something. I did something, you know, because they were looking up at the tree, but then they'd go back to eat, and then they'd look up again. I, you know, they're just being does in the southeast, you know. Yeah. And I was like, I, all right, they're either gonna stand here and do this for a while, and maybe ruin the chance of other deer coming, or I can shoot one of them and send them on their way. Then they'll <laughs> they'll go on. That was my thought process. Yeah. I really just wanted to shoot one. Well, long story short in the incredible archer that I am, I got busted trying to grab my boat. They ran off. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It does. Even uh, if you got cover all the way around you. Yeah. Which, I, I mean, you know, you know, it happens. Uh, so, and then it was probably 25, 30 minutes later, the whole wad comes out, but they come about 60 yards further down. Yeah. And, you know, me, I'm automatically, like, thinking the worst. I'm like, I wonder if me spooking them deer, if that commotion made them come out them other trails. But then more deer ended up coming down the trail that I was on. Yeah. You know, the set of trails that we were on, just not the deer that we were looking for. That one that came out 60 yards further down, that's where all the bucks yeah. were. It was bow hunting. Yeah. So, you know. It, but I'll tell you this, you know, obviously I wanted to shoot one of those deer. But to have hunts like that in October, that was a blast. Yeah, definitely. It kind of gives us a game plan for this week. Yeah. Hopefully those deer still be coming out the same place and mm-hmm. give somebody a chance to whack one. Yeah, I mean it's and it's I mean it's a fun fun sit. Nothing. I, I mean it's only been we left on Friday. It's Sunday evening now, so I mean there's yeah. still plenty of food out there for them. Mm-hmm. It hadn't rained either, so Mm-mm. it hadn't rained. The water's still up, and so they'll still be there. What we're talking about is those beans spoiling. Yeah, you know, getting moisture in them and swelling up. Deer won't eat them anymore, but yeah. they should be fine for another week. Yeah, I would think so. We'll know because somebody will sit there. We've got the wind right for it. Um, but yeah, and then y'all's, you and Troy's week uneventful. was very uneventful. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't a whole lot happened. I mean, we picked the wrong spots. That's part of it. Going off trail cameras, we were going to a spot where bucks were, and just yeah, what did they didn't show up those days? Yeah. How, how do you like? Here's a qu- here's a topic worth diving into. How much do you think checking trail cameras can affect deer movement? I think a lot. It's pressure. You know, yeah. any kind of pressure in the woods, whether you're riding through the woods just looking at trees or going hunting. Yeah. I mean, really, when you're going hunting, you're putting the least amount of pressure on your place because you're going one place, getting out, going hunting. Mm-hmm. But if you're just riding around checking trail cameras, and I mean, that's putting a lot of pressure on your deer and their pattern you just like you pattern yeah. them. I've always thought that, and, but I've heard, you know, mixed reviews on it. I've heard, you know, some there's some guys like, man, the deer know. They, you know, and I'm like, I don't think they do. No. You know, <laughs> I think they know human pressure is human pressure. Yeah, uh, any kind of pressure, any kind of disturbance in the woods is going to hunker them down longer. I know guys that will set a trail camera and they won't touch it yeah. until, like, um, the wind is right mm-hmm. you know i mean like if they i mean it makes that makes all the sense in the world yeah you know, if, I mean, if, if it's a spot that's set for a north wind you're walking into the hunting area on a south wind what are you doing you're still yeah. sitting up the area yep. no different than you would be hunting yeah and that's i think it's something a lot of people don't think about so yeah I, i've always thought about that especially i mean like you get on like social media nowadays like i feel like 
eighty percent of the hunting related pictures this like right in this current sense it's like deer season they're yeah. all like checking trail cameras checking trail cameras checking trail cameras and I've just always wondered because I've had buddies that did that heck I've done it before yeah went in there just want just wanted to go check a spot and I'm like I don't know if I should have done that or if I should be going in there yeah, as often we do the same thing here I feel like we put too much pressure on these deer trying to make yeah. it happen when they're not doing yeah. it yeah. And then, but the the reason I brought that up is we pulled those cards from uh, the Mississippi part of Cottonmouth. Yeah. Where we ha- what where we have not been. Nobody's yet. been farming. You know, we had some some management on the timber done here right. too. And I mean, nobody's we, been in Mississippi. Beans getting cut. That was all yeah. in Louisiana and it's, Arkansas. It's been a lot of activity go on last month here in the north part of our place. Yeah. We started checking cameras in Mississippi where we had not been at all, mm-hmm. and bucks galore yeah which is funny because we've said it on here before for whatever reason usually the highest concentration of mature bucks is always in the north part of the property in arkansas yeah and they're still there they're they're not moving yeah they're there but there's i'm seeing more just through that last uh camera card pool yeah there's more mature deer concentration wise and day movement wise in mississippi than i've ever seen this time of year yeah no doubt. And I, w- I mean, I have to. I would have to think that has to do with human pressure. That and our rivers affecting it too. All those deer in the bottom land of Louisiana, which is the low land of this place. Yeah. They've gone to the mm-hmm. higher part. So I mean, you got to think you got probably close to a thousand acres underwater right now. Yeah. Seven or eight hundred at least. So uh, somewhere in there. And I mean, you're thinking, I don't. 10 deer per 100 acres or so yeah. probably it's got them displaced at least i mean that's a lot of deer that's moved around yeah what's funny is is and they they do it every time the, the water comes up is those you know like say take rocker for example he's not i mean he's not in anywhere that is underwater right now but every time we've had a high river in the winter his where he lives his core living area goes under and every time he's right back in there as soon oh, yeah. as that water goes they go right back they know exactly where their home is. Yeah, it's it's just crazy to me to mm-hmm. fathom all that. Um, one question we got that that really intrigued me, um, and so, you know, I always like to think about the people that listen to this podcast, and you know, there's everyone's got a different we situation. Have, we have listeners. We do oh. some. <laughs> I know my cousin listens. I know my mama listens. It's at least two. That's <laughs> a, uh so, but I always like to think about everyone's got different situations, you know, as far as what they can hunt and where. And, you know, like we did the Food Plot podcast yeah. uh, two weeks ago, something like that. Um, but we had someone ask about, about like, hunting strategies for fields compared to hunting strategies for woods, you know. And I took that even further as, you know, like, t- say someone that has um, – I don't know, you've got, like, public land or you've got, like, maybe one guy's got, like, a small lease and he doesn't have any food plots. Yeah. You know, like, where do you start? What's a strategy well, to go with? We actually did videos on this with Brad on for YouTube stuff. We did, okay, yes, so there sir, you go. We talked about how to hunt fields, how to hunt in big woods, how to hunt in small tracks. It's all there, but we can go in depth on it here, too. To we should, but there's another reason to plug the Primo's YouTube channel. Exactly. Bing. Mm-hmm. Hit it up. Primo's YouTube. Jordan, go to it right now. Go on. Subscribe. <laughs> subscribe. Uh, subscribe. Yeah. Um, so, no, I, but I think that's definitely a topic worth hitting on because obviously out here um, with the takeout seed and everything and then, you know, the good soil along the Mississippi River Delta, uh, obviously food plots 
are a big part of our success. Mm-hmm. But we kill deer in the woods too. Yeah. And we, we both of us have killed deer in the woods before we started working here when we were growing up. So the pecan crops are yeah. when it really starts happening in the woods. Yeah. When the pecans start falling, which I've been looking, and I don't think we're going to have much of a pecan crop this year, which could play in big favor for the takeout food plots. Why is that? Why do you think that? Not I, that not for the food plots. Why do you think the pecan crop is going to be I poor? hadn't been seeing any. You've been looking. Yeah, I've been scouting. Yeah. Some of them big pecan trees as big around the truck don't have any on them. So. Let's take this from like, I'm talking like from top to bottom. Because here's a story about, here's a story about me. When I've got, like, this is me, like, like prior, like, very shortly after I'd just gotten a bow and just gotten a climber stand, I would walk into the woods, I would look around, and I would say, that's a good tree to climb on right yeah. there, and that's where I would hunt. You'd find you a climbing tree and hunt that tree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that was as far as my analysis went. I was like, that's, I could climb that one. Mm-hmm. Let's hunt right here. Seems yeah. like a good spot. I did it, too. I think that's how, every, I mean, well, I know a lot of people that started that way. Oh, yeah. I didn't know anything about having to find trails or look for acorn trees. I mean, you, yeah. you've met Bo Blissett. <laughs> <laughs> Bo, Bo has been mentioned in two consecutive podcasts. Now. Well, when you're talking about hunting, he's a good one to talk about stories. Mm-hmm. He's got some Jim Dandies. He's got some good ones. But anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I, I remember the first time someone, you know, I kept, complaining i wasn't seeing anything because again i wasn't paying attention to wind i wasn't i could i mean i wasn't i had no clue what i was hunting i was just hunting in some woods on a tree that would you know i could climb fairly easily just hoping a deer would walk by yeah that's about as far as i knew yeah i remember the first time that i I did that and i saw a deer like cross through the woods or you know just walking through the woods like a hundred yards from me i was so excited Mm -hmm. i was like i did it you know and i won't never forget one of the first solo hunts i went on in a climber i went to the public land tallahaley wma down in south bienville national Forest. Oh, giving spots away it's twenty six thousand acres <laughs> <laughs> and i found this that was rifle season and there's some big pine groves down there like 40 year old pines that have been yeah. thin like twice you can see 800 yards through them. oh yeah i was like well, i can get right here i can see a long ways yeah. and i can find me a deer i can find a deer I got up there, and lo and behold, I couldn't find a deer anywhere because there wasn't no food in that pine forest. Yeah, you're just looking at wide open field yeah. with pine straw on yeah. the ground. It, yeah, I didn't. It was a pretty view, but no deer. So. Yeah, I've had those sits. Um, I remember the first time someone like I was talking to Keith. Keith gets mentioned in these podcasts a lot because yeah. he he helped me a lot in my. Uh, as long as he doesn't get mentioned like Bo Blissett. No, Keith's on the good end. <laughs> he actually gave me, you know, positive reinforcement and helpful advice. The do's and don'ts. Keith are the do's, Bo's the don'ts. Bo's the don'ts. <laughs> 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 no, uh, Keith, he was like, Keith told me, he said, he said, you need to always remember deer are an edge species. Mm-hmm. And I said, what in the world are you talking about? They're on edge, yeah. Yeah, I was like, yeah, they stay on edge. They're very edgy. Every time I see them, they're <laughs> – but he was talking about how they like edges of different habitats and, and how you could – like, because I, I can remember I was hunting with him one time at a place we had some – like a young, young pine plantation. You know, I mean, like deer bedding central. Like three-year-old pines. Yeah, eight, just – Eight-foot tall. Like good luck walking through them. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And to the – again, before that, before Keith told me that, if you would have said – 
deer in there. I'd be like, why in the world would a deer be in there? You see yeah. how thick that is? A rabbit can't even get yeah. there. But, I mean, it you know, in the first time, and that was when I first heard that lesson, the deer and edge species, you know, hey, don't just find a tree that's good to climb on and hope for the best. you got to look for cover, bedding, food, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a, just a cool, crisp morning. I, I mean, it must have been, I don't remember. It, it was, I know it was during bow season because I was bow hunting. But I just, you know, he said, you know, look for this, this, this. And I, you know, just jacked up this tree. You know, I'd seen, and he, I mean, he had, I had help. You know, he's like, there's some trails right here, trails right here. And they were all, surprise, surprise, they were all going back into that young pine plantation. Mm-hmm. And I saw, I think it was like three or four deer. But, you know, at this point. That's a lot. The only deer I'd seen was a hundred or so yards to the woods walking. And these were like relatively close to bow range. So I was like, oh my goodness. You know, and mm-hmm. it, that was a big turning point for me. You know, as far as like learning what I'm actually supposed to be looking for yeah. and trying to do when I'm in the woods, you know, instead of just I've had a bit. lot of success hunting fire lanes around cutovers and stuff. Yeah. Especially if there's old timber on one side and fresh cutover or mm-hmm. three or four-year-old cutover. Right. A lot of times it's going to be white oak, some type of acorn tree down them old fence rows. Right. Or fire lanes because that's going to be your boundary markers a lot of time or old boundary markers. Right. So it's going to be older trees right there. Yeah. Because they don't cut the ones on the boundaries most of the time. Yeah. And that's something to talk of, too. I mean, it sounds, I mean, it is, it's, it's one of the basics, mm-hmm. you know, but that, that's like, a, I mean, how many people are, do you, I mean, I didn't know to hunt an acre tree when I first started. Yeah. It didn't sounds know what si- time of year they it's, fail. It sounds silly, but I didn't know. I yeah. did, I did not know. And then, you know, uh, Stuff you need to learn, and not every oak tree drops the same time of year. Nope, they're all different. White oaks start dropping right now. Mm-hmm. Been dropping a couple of weeks, I guess. Water oaks. Yeah, water oaks. You know, nut alls not for a few more weeks. Yeah, usually, swamp uh, chestnuts swamp are just chestnuts starting to and, drop. Yeah, they're good in like first of November ish. Yeah, late October. Yeah. I mean, they're all cycled there within a few weeks of each other but they're different which again and you said this yourself if you know the location of a swamp chestnut tree yeah there's your spot to hunt yep Mm -hmm. that's what i this this week this october 20 something i know where one is right now i could go kill a rack bucket there's some spots like that yeah they're just historical they're going to be there every Mm -hmm. time yeah but that's you know I'm, i'm again i'm going back to strategies that someone could use if they're in a situation where you know they don't have a food plot per se um if you're somewhere that has you know an ag field nearby yeah there was uh i remember when i was up in uh, iowa mm-hmm. with aj gall and lee johansson oh lord <laughs> we hunted uh big trails heading that we were on public land that yeah. butted up to some big agri- i mean you know it's iowa you know yeah. there's cornfields everywhere yeah. and little so, wood lots right so we found these uh, trails that were all, you know, you could find where all these trails were. Some of them were converging in one spot and, you know, all of them close together where they were headed to these cornfields. Mm-hmm. And there's your spot to hunt, yeah. you know. Oh, it's, man, I love the Midwest. Yeah. You find them little wood lots that hold, you know, 15 or 20 deer and mm-hmm. find that trail going to ag and you can kill everyone in that little wood lot. Yeah, it's pretty special. It's it's so different. That, I mean, we could do a whole podcast talking, comparing and contrasting the different deer tactics you can use 
in there compared to you know the southeast oh, down yeah. here that's way different like i killed a deer what was it three years ago we were talking about it the other day i was like two or three six foot of a tree yeah <laughs> yeah but it was it was the same deal. You're on the edge. I mean, it was during the rut, but you were on the edge of a big ag field. Wasn't it a big ag field? Yeah, a big cornfield, cut yeah. cornfield, and CRP. We were hunting on the edge of it. Right. Yeah. And it's just it's different tactics, but it's the same basic kind of thing. You're still hunting trails. You're hunting food sources. You're hunting cover. Mm-hmm. The best thing you can do is figure out where those deer want to be, and figure out where they want to lay at. And mm-hmm. get in between them. Right. Yeah. You're not going, like Wilbur always says, you're not going to hunt that deer where he is. You got to hunt him where he's going to be. Exactly. Got to figure out where he's going. Yep. Which, and, and it doesn't it, have to be, a, you know, the exact spot he's going, but it can be relatively close to right. where he wants to be. Right. And here's the other thing to remember, too. Like, um, you're not, again, you're, the chances you slam dunking it every time you go in there oh. are like one in a million. Yeah. Good. The best hunts are the ones that you have to put together over time anyway, in my opinion. Yeah, it was like me last year. It took me 11 days to kill a deer here Yeah, with a bow. Yeah, I remember and that. hunted the same spot like six times. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's, all, it's all part of it, and it's all – a lot of that, so much goes into play. Um, how many times did you – that where you finally ended up killing that buck, y'all never once went in there when the wind was slow to, close to even being No, we got down one day because it switched. Yeah. Got down looking at a – 145 inch three-year-old he just walked off and i said troy it's time to go yeah and it was fitting to be on it's fitting to be one of those afternoons one's gonna walk out but yeah. he was gonna smell us and that that is why i even say to the guy that is a weekend warrior has only a certain amount of days either be willing to do that if you're in one of your jam up spots and the wind is not right yeah. Don't go in there, or if it switches, climb down and get out. It hurts to get down. Oh, it absolutely does. But that's what I say. You can, um, you can. I mean, be prepared for that. Have yeah. you different setups for different all? You know, north winds, mm-hmm. south winds, whatever. Have a climber stand where you can adjust. But do not, do not, do not hunt it when the wind's wrong. Yeah, absolutely, you're do not. Ruining your chances if that wind stays inconsistent. Yeah. Deer hunting is all about consistently. It's all about maximizing your efforts and, yeah. you're, and you're minimalizing your efforts. And not just talking about ruining wrong. your chances for that day. It's educating those deer for the next few days. Yeah. And oh, not yeah. For a month. How many times? I mean, like, look, a buck. I mean, they're all different. But there's some mature bucks that I mean, they'll only take a certain amount of pressure they give and you one chance, and they're gone. That's why we've been talking about rocker. We gotta be so careful with him. Yeah trying to kill him this year like we have been the last three years but we've really got the game planning on areas yeah really getting serious about killing him right because i mean you got to we said we sat in here it was um you me troy was in here and we were like look everything that we've been trying has not worked yeah. so let's do something else so we're going like personally on rocker we're going extreme as far as human pressure like we're not going anywhere near it yeah not even close to the area until we're checking we're not checking we're checking other trail cameras frequently we're not checking that one frequently well you know we talked about him showing up i guess a few weeks ago and he was coming before season started while he was in velvet he was showing up seven thirty in the afternoon right at dark right now he's 2.30 in the morning. Yeah. That's just the difference between shedding velvet and a little bit of pressure mm-hmm. we've put on him. Yep. I think that deer hugely responds to human pressure. 100%. But just because, because we talked about this too, um, 
So, guys, I'm sure, I'm sure if you haven't heard us talk about Rocker yet, Rocker, we've known about Rocker since 2016. 2016. Yeah. Three seasons. Three seasons. Two now. years. Um, and we, I mean, it, he's been, I mean, he's huge deer antler wise. Yeah. But he's probably going to be 160, 170. Yeah, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Uh, but and we have tried. Uh, he's been seen in person, like we can count on one hand how yeah, many times we've like seen three him. Three or person. four times. Me and Brad saw him the end of the first year that we were trying to hunt him. We saw him uh, in the secret bottom at like eighty yards, and we thought he was going to follow a doe right to us, and then he just vanished. Don't know where he went. He just he just he wasn't he he left. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy saw him on like the last day of the season on the edge of the Arkansas field, which is the only time we've ever seen him there. And then we jumped him last year walking to the stand, which yeah. still that thought makes my throat swell up. But Will Walker saw him one time too when he's over here hunting with us. That's true. I forgot about that. So that's four times, mm -hmm. right? Four, I think. Um, and he's just been – but here's here's what's funny. Like I said, we always – you know, we check – you know, we're checking cameras and we, he's always moving at night. Uh, but for the past two years now, we have gone and hunted with Brad and Will at Togo on like the third week of December. And every time when we get back to Cottonmouth, that day, that week that we're gone and not hunting and not in the woods, we get daylight pictures of him every time for two years in a row, mm -hmm. which is what led to us doing what we're doing now, like just saying absolutely the most, the, the absolute minimal pressure that we can put on that deer. Yep. Cause he's he's not getting any easier. <laughs> no, we we're hoping he may slack off and get a little lax in his old age, but he is not. Cause he's got to be, got to be six, six at least. Yeah, six years old. Well, we guessed him at four the first year. Yeah, which is possible he could have been three. Yeah, he'd been a monster at three, but it's possible. It is possible. So he's either five, six, or seven, somewhere in that range. Yeah, he's old. <laughs> yeah, he's he, old. He's old enough to be messing up a little bit because yeah, we've seen that happen before that's yeah. a, i mean that's i mean it's a documented you know when sometimes when bucks get that age they start getting a little more predictable they start yeah. showing themselves more in daylight that Not four him. and five range is hard yeah but once they get six seven eight they seem to slack up a little bit on their security yeah but he has not no which makes me think he may be younger than we think i don't know <laughs> no one knows there's so many questions about that deer it's he's He's in all of our heads. Let's not ponder is. on him too long. Rocker. <laughs> uh, Lost sleep over him. What were we talking about before we got on Rocker? I don't know. Hunting edges, I think. Deer and edge species. Keith yeah. Polk, quote it. Yep. He's going to be driving down the road, headed to a logging site. He's going to hear me say that, and he's going to go, ha, ha. Just because is what he's going to do. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, what else you got? What you want to talk about? Uh we got some pretty weather ahead of us this week. We do. That's yeah. all. I mean, there's more. I mean, you could talk about. I mean, I got plenty of other questions, but we'll save that for other episodes. We've already been talking for 35 minutes. Yeah. This should be the week something comes together and we actually get a buck think. deer on the ground. Yeah. So, as this this podcast will come out on Monday, October the 22nd. Tomorrow. Tomorrow. Uh, so, the week ahead of us, the weather looks good. Uh, Brad's hunting this week. Jimmy's hunting this week. Troy's hunting this week. We, like I said, there's 
there's a lot of factors in our favor. We should be able to connect with something. We will see. Either way, you will hear about it when the next week's podcast comes out, I'm sure. Yep. Um, but until then, I hope that this conversation helped some of you guys out. Um, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to send them in. You can send them to the Facebook, the Instagram. You can email them, whatever you need to do. Again, check out the Primo's YouTube page. What uh, What email is it? I don't remember. Oh, what I kind of host know, are you? I used to know it because uh, it goes. Uh, okay, send them to the Instagram. I don't know what the email is. Direct, I really don't. I direct drew, message, Instagram or Facebook. Direct it. Yeah, you can. There is an email. You, <laughs> I, my, <laughs> there is. You shouldn't ask me. You put me on the spot. I can tell you any other time of day. Uh, so direct message, Facebook or Instagram. I can't remember what the email is. All right. Bye. I'll post it. All right. Thank you all for listening. <laughs>